Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. We've been doing a series a couple of weeks ago. We started on how to walk in God's provision. And we want to walk in God's provision. So a couple of weeks ago, I sort of laid the foundation about what does that look like. And we believe that looks like every area of our life. God, God is... Um, concerned about every area, not just one area, not just finances. Finance is just one part, one small part actually. But God wants us um, prosperous and filled with provision, healthy provision in every area. That means your marriage, that means your relationship with your children, that means your health, physical health, that means your mental health, that means your relationships with others. Um, every area of your life God wants blessed. That means your spiritual life, in other words, your security. You know, you know you're going to heaven because you've accepted Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, what does a prophet a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So you can gain the whole world. It's not a picture of a prosperous person. If you've gained the whole world but lose your soul because you didn't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So God, he's, he really has a heart for every area of our life. Um, third John, it says that John, as the apostle, as a father of, of the people that he's leading, he goes, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. So if your soul and my soul doesn't prosper, we're not going to prosper in other areas. What, what prospers first is your soul. It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your, your thinking, your intellect, your, your emotions prospers. Your thoughts prosper. Then outwardly we prosper. You're not going to get outward prosperity, whether it's with marriage, relationship, with children, uh, your good, healthy relationship with your children. You know... If, if you gain the whole world and you, you're successful outwardly, but you lose your kids. One kid overdoses with uh, drugs and another one commits suicide. That's not a picture of a successful man. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about every part of our life. Okay? How does that happen? By having a soul that's prosperous. Having a soul that is connected to God. Understanding the world through God's eyes, really. This book is the manual for life. So we believe this book. It works. You know, I think God's a, 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 is, is a cheeky God to some degree because he, he tricks us into saying things and he gets you to say things um, through our singing far better than our verbal conversation. You know, we say, make me an offering, make me an offering. I mean, imagine if we just did that. If we actually, God, my life is an offering. We sing it, do we really believe my life is an offering? That my life doesn't belong to myself. You know, the Bible actually says that we, our life does not belong to us. That we're bought with a price. Not with, the, not with silver and gold. It says we are not purchased with silver and gold. But by the precious blood of the Lamb. The precious blood of Jesus purchased us. And, 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 and Paul says in his writings that you are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You are bought with a price. Again, the blood of Jesus bought us. So just understand, when we say the word Lord, the Lord means... He's Lord. He actually owns us. But He's a good Lord and He's a good Father. And He only wants the best for you. So when you know that you're owned by somebody else, it's okay. Don't think you've lost control because God gives you a free will. And He allows you to make those decisions on your own with your revelation, your faith. He's a good God. And God is a better Father than any human being could ever be. And if you're a father or a mother, you know how much you love your children. You know how much you want to bless them. Well, the father wants to bless you way more than you love your own children. Way more. You can't even, it, it, it can't even be compared. So when we're talking about God, realize He is for you. 
God is so for you. And when he says don't do this, don't that, it's because those things destroy you and are destructive to your behavior and destructive to your life. You might not understand it. Even lying, we think we get away with it. We think, oh, I lie now because it's better for this short period. But you know, lying sows something into your future that's worse for you. Because people won't believe you eventually. For example, if you become a compulsive liar, then no, one, no one's going to believe you. And then you, no one trusts you. No, I mean, it's just not good. So when God says don't lie, it's because it's for your benefit. Anyway, I'm getting off track. So I'm going to talk about God's provision. I want to talk about the foundation because I, 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 I really care about you. I think God cares about you tremendously, but I care about you. I want you to prosper in every area of your life. And I teach these things because we live it. I can only teach what we live. I could never, I'd be the biggest hypocrite to teach something I don't live, to, t- to teach something that I'm not doing. We always teach what we live. We do our best. And a lot of times what we teach is speaking to us. So don't think that everything we teach, we, we've got it perfected. No way. If I teach about loving people, I'm learning to love people. If I teach about forgiveness, I'm learning to forgive people. So, so it speaks to us too, okay? We need the Word. So we're talking about the foundation now of having the right foundation. And I pray that God, we've already prayed that He'll give me the flow to make it, to make it come out properly. All right. Um, but I want to talk about God must be first. It's just, it's, that's the title of the message. God must be first. So in our heart, God, see, God loves the fact that we put Him first in our, in our lives. Okay? Um, God has no problem with money. Did you know that? Money is not evil. Just everybody knows that. The Bible says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The love of money. Money itself isn't. Money has no nature of itself. Money cannot change you. Um, Money is a physical thing, and we should be in dominion and authority over everything that's physical. So money is a really, really bad master, but a very good servant. It should serve us, but we don't serve it. So it's not our master. It's not our God. Jesus used an example. He says, you can't love God and money, or else you'll love one and hate the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't love both of them, because money can become like a God. That's why he said it. Use the word mammon, and it speaks like a god of money. That you look to money as your as your security, as your happiness. As if I get a lot of money, then my life will be okay. Then you're trusting in money. Now, the thing that the Bible teaches us to not do is trust in money. All right. And I was going to get Sarah to share. She had a vision, but I might get her to share at the end. But she had a vision of treasure chest, and and basically people going after the treasure, and when they're trying to, in their own strength. They were trying to look at the treasure chest, open it up, and they couldn't open it up. But the treasure was filled with gold and was pouring down from heaven. And so when you see God, the treasure comes. But sometimes when we try to do it in our own strength, there's not, there's not a way it's going to come. Okay, it's, God, God will trust you when you put Him first. And um, in the Bible, your Bible that you read, there's about 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. There's about 500 verses in the Bible on faith. And there's about 2,000 verses in the Bible about money and possessions. So God knows that we need to learn about money and, and possessions and how do we handle it. Out of 38 parables that Jesus spoke about, Jesus used 38 parables all up, 16 of them was about money and possession. 16. So he's obviously trying to hit issues of what we could become, uh, make a God out of our, in our lives. Um, you know, money is important. Don't get me wrong. Because we, we give a big part of our life for money. We give our gifts, our abilities, our talents, our time. We give a lot for 
an exchange of monetary value, don't we? So it is a big part of our, mon- our life, but it shouldn't be what we trust in. Okay, so we, and when, we, when we put God first in the right way, I believe God trusts us. And he, he actually trusts us with more. Money, according to the word, when you look at it in its context, it is a big test. Like it does test us, the way we handle money. All right. Uh, all right, then how you and I handle money reveals a lot about your priorities, your loyalties, and your affection. You just have to see someone's bank account or Visa card or what you spend your money on. It shows you what you love, what's, what's, what's important to you, priority. What's affectionate, what's, what you actually give yourself time to, what you, what you love to do. True? It's, it really reveals our priorities. Haggai, the book of Haggai, is chap, it's found in chapter 1. We're going to read it right now. But, but God corrects them through a prophet and says, basically, you guys are you know, building yourself up in your paneled houses, sealed houses, covering your beautiful homes while the house of God lies in ruins. So the house of God is in ruins. They're neglecting the house of God. It's in ruins. They haven't, haven't sacrificed and poured out money to, to restore it, but they've taken care of themselves. So it was a correction because they, their priorities weren't in the right place. Because if, we, if they sought first the kingdom, those things would be taken care of. So that's, that's, that's God's heart. Um, I want to talk, uh, in the Bible, there's a lot, the Bible says a lot about the principle of the first fruits. Or, the, or we can call it the principles of the firstborn or the principle of the tithe. The firstborn, God, a lot in the Bible that says about the firstborn, you should dedicate it to the Lord. The first fruits of the land, the first of the first fruits, take it and bring it to the Lord. And the, the first of um, the tithe, mean, meaning the 10%. But the first part of it, a tithe is not a tithe if it's at the end. Like I, I pay my bills, I pay my mortgage, pay my rent, pay, pay this, pay electricity, pay everything. And now that I pay, I'll see, whatever, uh, this week that's a bit less than 10%, so I'll just give that to God. That's not a tithe. The tithe is the first part. You give it to God first. It's a release of your faith. So God, I trust you that you'll take care of the rest. It's a rela- faith is what makes that all work because it's a relationship. It's not, not the magical thing that I tithe and, and everything. See, some people have thought if I just tithe, God will bless me magically. It's not a magical thing. And sometimes people tithe faithfully in this area, but they're really unwise when it comes to um, their expense. And in other words, they spend way more than they earn. So if you're unwise and you spend way more than you earn, then you're breaking a principle here, even though you're faithful in one area. You've got to have, other, you've got to have a lot of things in place for it to, to work properly. Okay. But Luke 16, verse 10. I just want to read this in, I think it's a Passion Translation. It says, the one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness and integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibility. Mom, who wants to be trusted with greater responsibility? Probably all of us. Really, to have more money means you're trusted with more responsibility. To have more finances, to be more blessed financially in the natural means you're, you're, you're trusted with more. And everyone goes, yeah, I want to be trusted with more. So this is the scripture where it says, he who is faithful in the little is faithful over much. I used to always read it unconsciously in my mind like this. He who is faithful in the little will be eventually faithful over much. That's how I used to read it for some reason. That, that if I'm faithful in the little things, then eventually I'll become faithful over much. But I think it's really, really read, this way it should be understood, is who is faithful over little. If you can be faithful over little, you is, present tense, faithful over much. So if you're growing in your walk with God and you're walking and, and all your life, I'm talking about over many, many years, 
God will trust you with more and more and more. It's because you've been faithful with what he's been given to you. And sometimes we learn that less, those lessons. I think Christine and I, God has blessed us with more and more and more. We started with absolutely nothing. And like just, I lived at home with my mom for 18 months. Because when we started, when we got married, we had nothing to our name. We had nothing saved up. We just got married. We did life together in one bedroom. Leon came along. That was our living room. That was our bedroom. That was everything. The bathroom for Leon. He was a baby. You know, <laughs> everything was in that little room attached to my mum's house. And we stayed there for 18 months. And so, but God, you know, we, we, obviously sometimes we take a long time to learn a particular lesson. So we go around the same mountain over and over. But, but usually as you learn and grow, if, you, if God's trusting you with more, it's because he says, you've, you've learned a lesson. You were faithful with the little things. Does that make sense? I think it's with church too. If we can shepherd and love and disciple and care and feed for the ones that God has given us, he'll say, well, you're doing well with them. I'll give you more. If you're not doing well with the ones you have, why would God give you more? Same with finances. If you're not doing well with what he's given you, why would he give you more? God doesn't do that. you know. So, so it's really clear. But those who cheat or are unfaithful with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of his spiritual world? That's where Jesus said, because um, that just opens it up a bit in that translation, if he that is not faithful in the worldly riches, why would you, why would you be trusted with true riches? So the, 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 the worldly wealth or the worldly riches is a test of our heart. It's like God seeing where, where you put in my priority. And even the kingdom's priority. Like God's heart is to reach the lost. God's heart is to disciple the nations. God's heart is to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And so when we say, okay, because that's your priority, God, that's our priority. Okay, it's just having that heart. We don't, our life is not for, to, to, your focus should not be money. Your focus should be, I want to know Jesus. I want to know you, Lord Jesus. I want to get to know you, God. I want to know what you're about. And what's on your heart, I want that be dear to me. If you do that, then the finances will come to get the job done. And God doesn't mind what you have. I don't believe God is too concerned with what we have. But we want to be a channel. A, a, a channel. If he can get it to you, he'll get it through you. Well, sorry, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. It should be that way. If he, get it, if he can get it through you, he'll, he'll make sure it comes to you because he knows you're going to be a blessing to humanity. All right. So Exodus 13, verse 2, and also Exodus 13, 12 and 13 says that, this is what he says, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that opens the womb. That is, that is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall, because it's an unclean animal, you shall redeem with a lamb. An unclean animal had to be redeemed, the firstborn had to be redeemed with a, 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 a lamb sacrifice. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Sorry for all the animal lovers out there. If you're an animal lover, I love animals too. But God said to do this. So, the, all the firstborn of a man among your sons, you shall redeem. All the firstborn of man among your sons. And that word womb, every, every, every male child that breaks the womb, it's this word matrix. It's like God is, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into this, but I think the membrane of life to break getting it to be birthed into this world. It's holy for God. It's sacred for God. He says, the first one is mine. The first one that breaks life, that breaks matrix, you, you offer it to me. 
It's just the way God does. He says, he says, and the first one is the principle of the faith. Again, if I had 10 sheep, or I have, I have a sheep, a male and a female, I'm gonna have a sh- and it's going to have a baby. The first one takes the most faith to give to God because I don't know if it's going to have any more. God did not say, wait till you have 10, and then when you've got 10 sheep, give me one of them. That's not the tithe. He's saying, give me the first one. Because it's an act of faith. It might not produce anymore. But God, you said the first one belongs to you. And in bringing it to God, I believe he redeems all the rest. By actually doing it to God, bringing it to God, say, God, this is for your purpose. And it was a purpose. God has a purpose to your tithe and he has a purpose to all your increase. And I explain what it is in the Bible. Okay. With this in mind, when you understand about the firstborn and, and every animal that was born, male, had to be sacrificed to the Lord. And every male child, they had to redeem. They had to sacrifice an animal to redeem the firstborn male child. And think about Jesus being the firstborn. The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. So the firstborn of God was sacrificed by God. And he sacrificed Jesus on the cross to die for every single other person who's unclean. He's clean because he's pure. Jesus was sinless. And God sows him like a tithe into the earth and says, I sow him in faith. God had to do that in faith because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He didn't wait, wait until you respond to me. And if you all come to me, then I'll give you my son. He gave his son in faith. It was a sowing his seed of the firstborn. The firstborn cleanses every single person when you put your faith in Christ. So isn't that good news that God says, if you just put your faith in what I did for you on the cross, I forgive you of all your sins. For free. Religion tells you what you have to do. God says it's free. Religion tells you do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. If you do this and do that, then if you do all those good things, then you finally arrive and get forgiven. No, God says, just believe in my son. Believe in what Jesus did on the cross. You're actually forgiven. And he gives you this gift of right standing with God. A gift of right standing. The word is righteousness. But we have right standing with God. Why? Because of Jesus. Not my works. Not your works, not your good works, not my good works. I can't earn it, you can't earn it. No human being on the planet has ever earned forgiveness. No one has ever been good enough to say, okay, now you can be forgiven. God forgave us because of Jesus. He died on the cross. He was that firstborn and he was sacrificed for us. And there's this principle that God put in the Bible. Okay, it's the principle of the firstborn. And uh, yeah, God gave Jesus up in Romans 8 verse 29. God gave Jesus up for the sacrifice of the world. And even in, the, in Egypt, remember when every firstborn child, a lamb had to be sacrificed and get the blood and put it under the doorpost and the firstborn wouldn't die. Interesting. But the firstborn of the Egyptians, they died. Now that's That's... I don't know if I can go. I really don't know for sure. But thought, I thought to myself, and this might not be biblical. It just might be my thoughts. But I thought, because God, those, that firstborn belongs to God. He took what was his. Talk about the Egyptians now. Now that's, my, but it happened. We know it happened. So some of us don't understand God yet. We don't understand his goodness and his righteousness. But he had a purpose in that to bring the children of Israel out so he can redeem all of humanity. He had, to, he had to keep Israel holy and sacred and set apart and bring the Messiah so that Jesus could die on the cross and save all of humanity for those that put their, their faith in Christ. Amen. So tithing is that principle that we find in the Bible 
It's the first portion that is the redemptive portion, right? In Exodus verse 23, verse 9, sorry, Exodus 23, verse 19, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. The first of the first fruits. So he doesn't say, wait for the harvest to come in. When you bring the whole harvest in, then take 10%. He didn't say that. That the first of the first fruits, when there's a first of the first fruits that they had to bring before the Lord. And so what's the purpose of the first fruits? And you know, in Proverbs, where are we in Proverbs? I'm trying to find it here. Proverbs, got it written here. Chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. And you might go, well, we're not agricultural people. We don't sow in land and we don't do animals and we don't you know, raise you know, cows or animals. But we all work certain jobs. So to me, that the, way I, the way I understand this, it goes, honor the Lord with your, all your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So any increase, I bring the first fruits to God. Any increase. If someone gave me 100 bucks, I will make sure I tithe and bring it to God and bring an offering to God. And remember we said, if we're faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful over much. Some of us say to God, God, if I only won the lottery, if I won the lottery, I, if I won $20 million, I would tithe. I would give you. No, not if you're not tithing over the small amounts. It's harder to tithe when you make more money. Did you know that? Yeah. To actually give up $4 million. If you, had, if you had $20 million, you wanted to give 20% to God's kingdom and his work, $4 million is harder to give than $400. And you're looking at me like, like a dog with a new pan. Should I eat it or shouldn't I not? That's, I'm telling you the truth. The wealthier people get, the harder it is to tithe. I've seen it. But when you're poor, you go, God, I trust you with this and you come and bless me. But it's the principle of what God's word says. He uses the tithe. Guess what he uses it for? Do you think we, when, I was a, when I first became a pastor, I tithed for three years as a Christian. And when I, had, when I started teaching this, it took me a, lot, a while to, look, to teach it because God said to teach it and I was fighting him. Eventually he started teaching and, and, and I said, God, what do I do with the tithe as a pastor? When people tithe, as the church had started, what am I supposed to do with the tithe? So I had to study the Bible and look what the Bible says about what, where the tithe should go and where it should be spent on. And the Bible teaches very clearly it's for the Levitical priesthood. The priesthood was set apart to, to minister to the house of the Lord. The tabernacle, the sacrifices, the instruments, the worship, the glory to God and worshiping God. They were, they were not given agricultural land. Every other tribe, 11 of them were given land to work. So the increase of all that land, 11 tribes received the increase, the 10% of it would come to this tribe. So that, what did they receive? 110. It's actually God taking care of them in a big way. But they lived off the 10% of the, the tithe. So they could be concentrating on the house of God. And when I first started the church, I remember I had people, I remember a pastor was a teacher and he was a great man of God. And he, he never taught these things, never taught the word of God in this area. But he always had to hold a, a full-time job. And he goes, how do you do it, Leo? I said, I just teach the word of God. How can you be full-time? The church is only small. Well, I just teach the word. And, and so he never got into full-time because he never taught it. It's God's pattern. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to help you understand a little bit from my point of view that it is a pattern that's put in the Bible and we do not send it to heaven and say, God, use this to pave the gold streets. He doesn't need it to pave the gold streets in heaven because the Bible says in heaven there's gold street. Gold, I mean, every, you walk on, it's so clear, it looks like a mirror, the pure gold there. 
in heaven. God is just amazing. And so we don't do that. What, what, what does God say for us to do? He spends it back on our well-being, our spiritual well-being, and our every area of well-being. Because he spends it back to that, yes, so that there'll be food in my house. Malachi says, the tithe belongs to the Lord. That's in Leviticus and in Malachi. Very clear. If you want to look it up, look up the word tithe and it says it belongs to the Lord. Why does it belong to the Lord? Because he uses it for the house of the Lord, for food to be in the house. He uses it for his purpose. It's his that's why he says, if you don't bring it, you rob me. How can God acute, not acute, but say that you're robbing me if it's not his? It's his. That's why he says we're robbing him. So we bring back. We don't give to God. We bring back what's his. Again, if you have no problem with God owns everything, you have no problem with what I'm saying. If you don't love money, you won't have a problem with what I'm saying. If you have, if you go, oh, what are you talking about, Lee? I can't believe that this is. This. God blesses you way more when you bring the tithe to this kingdom. Way more. A tither's testimony is, I am so blessed. A non-tither's testimony is this. Can't afford to tithe. Just can't afford to tithe. Because it doesn't make sense in the natural. What, you got less, but you're blessed more? Like, you, you know, you got less to live off, 90% and plus offerings. So you got less than 90% to live off, but you're more blessed? 100%. Now, Kristen and I, please don't get upset. Don't get frustrated, don't get judgmental, don't get critical, don't get jealous when God blesses us. Please don't. You should be looking at, oh, hang on, they've been working the Word for 30 years. If we were scratching and barely making and partly can pay the bills and, and we're so stretched and so desperate and just, you think, well, Leo, this mustn't work. You've been preaching it for 30 years and just, you don't seem blessed. You don't seem like God's taking care of you. You understand what I'm saying? Please hear my heart. But God has taken care of us. Not from, and a lot of it, it's Him. You don't know how much Christine's parents has blessed us time and time again, over and over. Just so much so, we're almost embarrassed by the blessing. God blesses them financially with running a massive business, and they pour out into us. Every car we drive was brand newly given to us. But don't, don't, don't be, again, it's just because we've been sowing all the time. We've been giving all the time. And again, it's not, we don't give to get. We just, we literally put God first. We don't, it's not that hard. It's, it's saying, God, I care for your kingdom. And, and um, Joshua, in chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, write it down and have a look for yourself. Jericho was the first city in the promised land. And for Jericho, God said very clear instructions. Do not touch the silver and the gold. Do not touch anything in it, actually. All the whole city is dedicated to the Lord. Why was that city dedicated to the Lord? Every other city, they were allowed to take the, the silver and the gold for themselves. That city was the first city, the first fruits. It was the tithe unto the Lord. So you know the story. A, a, a guy called Ai took a nice, really, a nice um, sort of fashion design jacket must have loved fashion. He's like, oh, this is an amazing jacket. He took it and he took silver, hid it in his tent. And so the, the, that, mo that money was dedicated to the house of the Lord. Now he's touched cursed money. And then he got cursed. And the next time they went to war, they lost the war. And so the reason why we're cursed is because we're touching. We're not cursed. The money's cursed. Does that make sense? You're touching money that belongs for another purpose that God set apart for His house. And when we use the tithe, I believe we're using money that actually doesn't belong to us. And you cannot. Um, the Bible says, if what if I am I? Someone asked, can you use the tithe? You can, 
But in the Old Testament, it says you have to pay 20%. It's like, so I think spiritually something happens. You give access to the enemy to attack your finances. I haven't got the time to go into it today. Maybe we will in the next few weeks. We'll see how we go. But your money has a voice and your money speaks. How do you know that? Is that biblical? 100% biblical. Even in Malachi, it says, those that gave, God recorded it in heaven. And there's a voice in our money. There's a voice testifying that we put God first. We're actually telling the spirit realm, they belong to God. We put God first. There's something powerful about it. I can't explain the depths of it right now because you have to open up every single scripture. But when you understand that the tithe belongs to the Lord, you bring to the Lord what belongs to Him. And when people think, oh, but Leah, but that's old covenant. We actually don't understand the Bible properly. Please hear my heart because that's one of the biggest arguments that people say. That's old covenant. We don't have to tithe under the new covenant because we're, you know, it's all under grace and we received it by faith and everything we have. That's very true. But Abraham tithed 400 years before the law ever came into play. 400 years, he did it out of faith. He tithed to Melchizedek, the priest, the high priest. The Bible says Melchizedek is the form of, Jesus was Melchizedek in the order of, a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And in those days, you gave it to the priest. He goes, but now we give it to Jesus. In Hebrews, it says, we bring the tithe to Jesus. I believe Jesus spiritually receives our tithe because we're given unto God. And he's our high priest. He's our Intercessor. So when you think of, when you actually understand, okay, we're, old, old covenant, but we're in, the, we're in the new covenant. You know, committing adultery was under the old covenant, wasn't it? Yeah. Thou shalt not commit adultery under the old covenant. Do we say now we're under the new covenant? We're free from the, that, that we, can, we, we can commit adultery. No. It doesn't say you, you're free from it just because it's under the old covenant. The old covenant says you can't steal. Does that mean under the new covenant I'm allowed to not, uh, we're free from that, now I can steal? And there's no consequences. In the new covenant, the book of Galatians says, he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. True? Do you automatically get blessed because of what Jesus did on the cross if we sow to the flesh and we continue to live our life in the flesh and sow to the flesh, which means sin, and we we choose not to obey and we just say, no, if I'm stingy, I'm selfish, I'm greedy, and I don't give a thing to anyone, if I I sow nothing, what am I going to reap? Nothing. If I sow nothing, I reap nothing. It's the way the realm of the Spirit works. If you sow to the flesh, you reap from that flesh. The way we connect to the blessing is through obedience. We don't, see, we don't earn it, but we connect to what's already there. The, the eternal blessing that's in heaven, we connect through obedience. But you don't earn it, but there's a connectability to obey God. Even righteousness, you've got to walk in righteousness. Through relationship. You, know, so you, you break this thing. You break this covenant. If you say, I'm free to sin. Jesus did not come to be a minister of sin. You don't understand the new covenant. New covenant has empowered you to keep the law. Has empowered you to not commit adultery. Actually, when you read Matthew 5, he says, the old covenant says you shall not commit adultery. I say to you now that I'm here. He goes, you shall not even lust upon a woman. If you do, you commit adultery in your heart. Because the old covenant says you shall not murder. I say to you, what is he saying? I've got a higher standard. I bring you a higher standard. If you even hate in your heart, you're a murderer. The old covenant says, and he, he, he did it many times, he's basically trying to say, the old covenant's got that standard. 
Yes, in the new covenant, if you don't, your righteousness doesn't exceed the, the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What's he saying? New covenant, filled with the Holy Spirit, raised from the dead, filled with God. Now is a high level, way higher standard than the old covenant. So what's my point? If you say it's under old covenant and I'm under grace, I just give as the Lord leads. I'm just very generous. I just give. Well, then do it. Be greater giver than the tithe and offering of the old covenant. But I'm, I'm honest with you. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe there's people out there that go, I'm under grace and I give way more than 10%. Maybe they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. They're minority. But the majority of the people that I've heard say that, they've stopped giving. They never give more than their tithe and offering. Because you know, there's a power of tithe and offering every single week. Something powerful. The power of consistency. Kristen and I have done it since we've been married, since I got saved before that. And every single thing that comes in our hands, we tithe and offer. So over the years, it's thousands and thousands of dollars. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I never think, what could I have done with that money? Not once, because God has blessed us way more. But what I'm saying is the power of that. If you hear my heart, because God uses it to disciple the nations. In the old covenant, he actually says, don't, don't give the tithe wherever a person thinks he should just give it. Don't make, you, know, you don't choose where it goes. God chooses where it goes, and it goes to the house of the Lord. And he goes, in the Old Covenant, it actually says, find where my name is and, and where my name is being worshipped. And, you know, it's a tabernacle where the name of God is there in the Old Covenant and bring the tithe there. When I was in my old church, my first church, I started getting fed a lot by uh, Kenneth Copeland. I started loving, I started learning and, and I receiving. And I, and I started thinking, I'm getting more fed out of Kenneth Copeland than maybe the church I was in. And I started thinking, maybe I should bring my tithe to him. Maybe I should sow it to Kenneth Copeland. But that's very unbiblical. And the Lord said to me, he said, should I, Lord? And he said, no, Leah, you're sowing your life here. You're accountable to the pastors here. You're sowing your life, your time, your energy, your prayers, your relationships. Everything is here. Why would you send your money there, which is a part of you, and you sow your life here? Because you sow your money where you sowed your life. I said, okay, makes sense. So I did. But when people do that out of their good intentions, they, they, you know, they support that ministry. They support that ministry. I bring my tithe. I feed the poor. Uh, I'll give it to that preacher because I love that preacher. It doesn't work. It's not God's pattern. When you need counseling, you, you're going to ring a TV ministry and see if he comes from overseas and prays for you? If you're, in, if you're in hospital and you need someone to visit you, you think they're going to come and fly in? And if you want to get married, you think you're going to fly them in? It's the way God has put the pattern in the Word to get the job done. In, in, um, Matthew, say, where does it say in the Bible? Oh, let me read it quickly. Matthew, where did Jesus talk on tithing? Matthew 23, verse 23, Luke eleven forty two 42 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, your cumin. Imagine this. Meticulous. You tithe even the herbs. But you, you have neglected the more important matters of the law. You've neglected justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And what does he say? You should have practiced the later without neglecting the former. There you got it, the words of Jesus saying you should do it. Practice the later without neglecting the former. Whichever way you want to look at that, he's basically saying you should have done both. Don't, you don't tithe and forget love and mercy and forgiveness. You walk in both. But you don't just love mercy and grace and then not tithe. He says do both. It's in the Bible. Is that okay? Do you know, you know um, Abel, his offering was... His offering was accepted and Cain wasn't. If you look up the word, Abel gave the first fruits. And Cain, it says, in the, in the course of time, gave 
this. So he gave what was left over. He gave, he used up, and then at the end he gave us, he wasn't the first fruits, basically. Abraham gave his first fruit, which was Isaac. God didn't say, when do you have five sons? When you got five sons, give me Isaac. He gave his first one. Hannah says, I dedicate Samuel to you. And as he dedic- she dedicated the firstborn son, she got three sons, two daughters after that. She dedicated the firstborn. There's something powerful about it. The, I want to read something that happens uh, in America. <sighs> Basically, this is a survey done in 1998. And um, the, where is it? It ran away. It's not here. Um, there's like $15 trillion. If, if the body of Christ tithed every dollar that came in, it would be like $15 trillion in 1998, something like that. But they're tithing about one point, in America is tithing about 1.7% of the people tithe. 1.7. And the world is 1.8. I'm talking about the church worldwide, they tithe 1.8% rather than 10%. It, it's like, we're not even scraping to 10%. And I believe with all my heart, I've seen it over many, many years, and I, I really believe this with all my heart. Please hear my heart. I believe if we all just obeyed and brought the tithe, there will be more than enough to do the will of God and, and to get the job done. And I'm not talking about just this house. I'm talking about discipling nations. I'm talking about planting churches. I'm talking about buying a building one day. We need to buy a building, but I know this is the way God has structured it. He's structured that Every increase you get, you bring it into the house of the Lord, then we eventually get a building. We end up buying a building because we're leasing this building. And eventually, we have to buy a building. But how does God supply? This is the method. This is the pattern. This is what He puts in place. And again, we bring it in faithfulness. Why? You come every week to eat. Imagine going to a restaurant and eating food. And He goes, okay, this is the building. I want to pay the restaurant down the road. Please. No, you just ate here. God is amazing. He doesn't make it a requirement, he says, freely you've received, freely you give. Because he wants it to be out of faith. He could have said, it's a service you give. That would be wrong. God doesn't do that. He says, freely you've received, freely you give. So he wants you to do it out of faith and out of relationship. If people don't give, they still ministered. If people choose not to give forever, they still loved and ministered to and helped. Because you've got to do it out of relationship, don't you? You have to do it out of faith. You don't do it, I have to. We would never go, oh, you don't tithe so you don't get ministered to. That would never be ever happening in our church. Because that's not what God said to do. You following? If you only put yourself in God's shoes, if you really believed He owns everything, and He said, I give you stewardship over the things I give you. If I, that's why Jesus used parables. If I was leaving for an, a year, and I leave my wife for a year, I'm ministering somewhere, right, for a whole year. And I say, Brett, Robbie, and Carl. So I give you $10,000 a month, $10,000 a month, $10,000 a month. Please give my wife $1,000 every month to support my family, feed my children. $10,000 a month, 10, I must be really wealthy to be able to do this. Imagine this. $10,000, $10,000, $10,000. And I go away, and after a month, I ring my wife and says, how are they going? Are they bringing the, the $1,000? I've asked them to. They're doing business and told him to, and he goes, Yeah, Robbie's giving a thousand dollars every um, every month. Carl's giving two thousand dollars. I'm gonna pick on Brett, so please, Brett, you know my heart. Uh, uh, Carl, Carl is um, giving two thousand dollars a month. Wow, he's generous. 
And I said, Brett, oh, Brett gave her $800 first month. And then I checked the following month and he goes, second month he gave $300. And the third month he gave nothing. So what do you think I would do as a steward, as an owner? I would take and say, well, I'm not going to give $10,000 a month anymore. I'll give it to the one that is taken care of. It's this trust thing. That's how the Lord sees it. I trust you to think about my kingdom, to think about the gospel, to think about discipling the nations. It's God's method. Please hear my heart. It's God's pattern. And I would not teach this if we didn't live it. We as a church give way more than 10% every single week. We don't pay all the bills and then give 10%. We give it from the top, 10% plus offering. From the top, before we pay all the expenses, all the bills. We've done that since the beginning of the church. What for? To disciple nations. We empower, we go to poor countries, we build buildings, we help the poor, we support ministries through NCMI team. So we do what we're preaching. Okay. This has been a, a more serious one than 9 a.m. was like a bit, just a bit more. But you, you hear my heart. Hey? Good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We do, Lord. We, sometimes it's hard to swallow. Sometimes it's hard to receive or maybe we don't get the whole thing yet but I, I encourage us to read the word to go through those scriptures to um, study those scriptures even to ask questions and Lord that we would actually understand so we do it out of faith we do it out of revelation and we bring back to you what belongs to you so that Father the, the nations can be discipled the gospel can be preached and even our well-being spiritually you take care of us you pour it back into our life into our family into our children so, Father, we thank you for your wise pattern that's in the Word. We bless you. We pray that you prosper every person that brings back that belongs to you and every person that's generous. Lord, we speak blessing. We speak open heaven. Even Malachi says that you would open up the heavens. You said, test me in this. The only part in the whole Bible, Father, that you said, test me. And so, Father, we in this attitude say, God, we're going to test. We're going to trust and we're going to believe you will take care of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com, or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.